You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Greg Moore. And Greg Moore, in his early days as a restaurant manager, became a turnaround specialist for distressed restaurants because he was quickly able to diagnose the main problem, how the employees were being treated. Treat employees badly, and they treat customers bad. And soon, customers don't come back. Now, you've probably experienced this as a customer yourself going to restaurants and you were just treated badly. I've experienced this in hospitals, right? (laughs) And look at the price tags they're charging, man. $19,000 for an epidural for my wife to deliver a baby. $19,000. And you're going to give me attitude? Like, are you kidding me? All right. So the solution was simple, Greg says, uh, and easy for him. Just listen to the employees, find out their issues, and treat them with respect. They'll do the same for your customers. So now he's using these same principles to help people exploring franchising. So we're going to get into a little bit of conversation about franchising. He's known as the Franchise Maven. That's his website, FranchiseMaven.com. And he's going to talk to us about that. But we're going to go back in time. We're going to learn a little bit about Greg, his early days. What are the challenges he faced Uh, before he really broke through that ceiling of success so that we can serve you, Startup Nation, uh, as you're breaking through, right? You got the sledgehammer, you're reaching up, you're trying to crack that ceiling. And man, one more blow sometimes, just one more swing is all it takes. And I promise you, I promise you, you are closer than you think you are to winning. Don't buy the lies. Don't give up. You can do this. All right, Greg Moore, welcome to your first 100K Top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro really quickly, would you? Thank you, Joseph. I appreciate it. So, yeah, I started out in the corporate world. So the biggest thing in the corporate world, when people, what people get stuck on is getting addicted to that paycheck. They get a paycheck every two weeks. You know, it's it's the devil I know, you know, that paycheck's going to be there. I got to work long hours. I can't be with the family when I want to be with the family but I'm getting that paycheck all the time. So I got my first degree in electrical engineering, and then I went on to get my master's degree in business. When I got my master's degree in business, I, I 
listened or I read the books, uh, the Rich Dad Poor Dad series by Robert Kiyosaki. So I knew there was something better out there than just doing the you know nine to five or in my case seven to five all the time. So that kind of ruined my corporate career for me on that since I knew there was something better. So I started out with saying, I've got to do something. What can I do? So I just started with rental properties. I got a couple of rental properties, did that while I was being a um, an engineer at the same time. That is doable on that. I found that I could do them both at the same time, but that took a long time. You didn't make a whole lot of money on that. You spent a lot of money. That took a while. I got together with a, another engineer. We bought dry cleaners. We bought... Um, with a few drop-off locations. We bought some uh, storage units. We did that for a while. So all that time, it was slowly creeping up there. The money was slowly coming in a little bit more, a little bit more than just the paycheck on that. On that, So I knew when you're reading Robert's books and doing that, that it was doable to get there. But the thing that holding, was holding me back at the time was I did not want to leave that job. Mm. It's as simple as that. You get addicted to that job. So I finally came around to the point where... I got laid off. Best thing in the world that ever happened to me on that. People think, you know, this is devastating. This is the end of the world. I thought that. I thought, what are you doing laying me off? You know, I'm pretty smart on that. But that was one of the best things that happened to me. So what I realized then is that, as, as Joseph indicated, I was a turnaround expert for those restaurants. Those were Taco Bell restaurants that I, that I worked at back in high school. And I actually worked for a master franchiser. She had many different restaurants throughout the Sacramento, California area. And every time I went to one of those, it was very simple, easy to operate those because the franchise had that set process and procedures right there for you. So I said, I've got to get back and do franchising somehow. Greatest way to do it. I don't have the next greatest, best idea. Wish a lot of people are thinking when you're in the corporate world, you don't have that great idea. How do I go out there and start a business if I don't have a great idea to start with? I realized that franchising was there for you. That would help you out. I had to get into that. So I went around, started, went click happy, uh, you know, investigated a lot of franchises. Finally got a hold of a, a franchise consultant. And he said, let's take a step back and let's see, let's look at where have you been, where are you at now, and where do you want to be? And utilizing that information, I started getting into franchising. And we found me a franchise uh, that worked out perfectly. So you got to know what your ultimate goals are, what you're trying to accomplish on that. Where do you want to be? Where have you been? Where are you at now? Where do you want to be five to 10 years from now? And the people that I work with, they the experience that you have working in the world, in the corporate world, is fantastic experience. You just have to take that mental step of getting out there and saying, if I can do it in the corporate world, I can do it in my own. And you got to believe in yourself. You got to get that that mental toughness that Melissa said on one of your episodes and realize the fact that you can uh, do that. Realizing that the biggest issue people have is that they think they're going to go out there and do everything themselves. And you don't want to do everything themselves, yourself. You, you want people to help you. One of the things I list in my seven mistakes is when you're looking out there and going, it is not taking advantage of other people who have done the same thing, other entrepreneurs. You've got your local score chapter in town the S-C-O-R-E, that are entrepreneurs, a nonprofit organization that will help you determine what would be a good business in your area and how to get a good business. So take advantage of people that have been there before. They know what they're doing. Uh, the biggest challenge I had was just, you know, that fear of starting something new and different and getting out there and just doing it. You know you've done it in the corporate world before. 
now you just have to take that leap of faith and get out there and do it yourself. Uh, now, Greg, that was were you, uh, the were biggest you, challenge, I think. Yeah, were you scared that you would fail? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So after I got into my my first franchise, I think I woke up screaming one or two nights, um, <laughs> wondering what you know what is what am I getting myself into here? Just go back and get a job. Uh, I mean, even my dad said, you know, you got a degree in engineering. What are you doing? Just go back and get another engineering job. You're fine. You can do it. Uh, but yes, I was definitely uh, petrified. But it was good that I had that franchise system behind me. Because when you're you're looking at franchising and when you're getting into franchising, not only do you have that franchise all behind you, but before you get into a franchise, you talk with other franchisees. You make friends along the way, which is what I did. So you're going to be scared. You're going to be scared that whole time. You're going to be you know, petrified because this is something that you've never done before, something totally new and different. But now you've got a team of people. You've got that franchise that's going to help you. When you investigated that franchise, you talked to other franchisees before you invest in that franchise. Now you've got a whole network of friends that are going to help you grow. It helps overcome that fear. Awesome. Now, I know you don't identify as a salesperson. So tell us the story about when you invested in a business-to-business -business sales and service franchise and how that didn't work out for you. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> my first one was uh, a little little rough on that one. So it was a telecommunications consulting franchise. And after being an engineer and, uh, and being an introvert on that as well, uh, just like Melissa with her mental toughness, she was an introvert at the time, I had to actually go out there and and learn how to do sales. Uh, the, the guy that uh, uh, ran the franchise, he he was great. Uh, he had all sorts of different things to do. You know, if somebody said said no, they're going to say no. You know, when, when you say that you're not going to help you save money on your telecommunications bills, everybody says no. Well, when they told me no, I figured, you know, I gave him the information he needed. He's got it right there in front of him, or she did. And they told me no. I'm like, okay, thank you. Have a good day. And I left. And then I school, he run that thing. He goes, no, 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 no. Everybody says no at first. Here's how you overcome it. So I realized at the time that one, uh, selling to people something that they don't necessarily know they need is a real challenge for me on that one. So I did. I went out and uh, read a lot of books on selling. Uh, Sandler's uh, Sales Training, Zig Ziglar's books. I read all those. And when I was part of that telecommunications franchise, I realized that there's two, two aspects to it. One's a selling and one's doing the analysis work. Well, I did just fine if I didn't have to sell. If I did the analysis work for other consultant, for other of the uh, franchisees, uh, that worked out good. So it wasn't a total disaster, but I couldn't get out there and sell until I learned more about selling. So when you're getting into a business, you have to think about is what are your core strengths? What do you bring to the table? Where have you been? If you're not good at selling, don't get into a sales business where you have to go sell something to somebody that they don't know that they need yet on that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I learned, I went to, I read just about every sales book from every top salesperson that you can think about uh, and then decided to move on from the telecommunications uh, consulting franchise into being a franchise consultant. Or fortunately, uh, it's not, that kind of selling will actually go and present to business people and say, here, you know, your telecommunications bill, I know you're doing fine, but I can make you do better and I can save you money on it. A lot of times people are like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
Mm-hmm. So I had to convince them to fix it because it is broken. It could get better. With what I do now, people are realizing that what they have in their life not is not necessarily broke, but it's not necessarily where they want to be. So they're looking for an alternative. They're looking for someone like me to come in there and say, these are the opportunities that are out there for you. These match your skill sets. These are things that you've already done in life for other people and made other people money doing these things. Now you can do them for yourselves. Granted, they're still not uh, not everybody that I talk to gets into franchise. We along the way we figure out a couple of things. One is franchising right for you to begin with. And if it is, which franchise is right for you? And it's not always right for people at the time. They're not always willing to take that big step away from that nine to five, that paycheck that you get every two weeks. That is still a challenge. Uh, but I just had to really understand and learn sales process. Zig was great. It's not sales, not something you do to somebody, but something you do with somebody. So we work on it together to determine if this is the right path for you. You know, so many guests come on this show and you hear guests on other podcasts as well. And they say, listen, if sales is a weakness, you must learn to get better at it. You just must. And all business is selling. And you're coming in saying something different completely. How do we know you're right? You got to go with your gut feeling on that one. You know, if sales is not right for you and you don't want to learn sales, then don't. Mm. I mean, hire somebody to do it for you. If you're more of a project manager type person, then don't do sales. I mean, when I do this there are many different ways to be a franchise consultant and some of the top franchise people are just the they've been in sales their whole life they do sales everything so when they see an engineer come in here and do this they're like you know how are you doing it it's like well you got to come up with your own style your own skill work on it yourself you don't have to sell to people you have to you have to kind of sell yourself so you have to believe in yourself If you believe in yourself, if you realize that what you're doing is helping people, not selling ice to an Eskimo, but you're actually out there helping people, I think that kind of in itself sells you as somebody who is cares about the outcome of that. So no, you don't have to necessarily be the greatest salesperson in the world. Just realize the fact that you are not going to be a Sandler sales training franchisee if you are not a salesperson, stay away from that franchise. Go into a franchise where people are looking for you to help them solve a problem. We have many franchises out there. Service industry, I've got a problem with pests. Come out here and help me solve my problem. You just need to get to know, like, and trust you. That makes a lot of sense. Greg, what are the top three uh franchises that you recommend not specific names but the top three industries right now that are super hot this is the the time to jump into absolutely boring franchises completely utterly boring franchises heating and air conditioning electrical services plumbing that's probably the three of them that are i don't know that I would go out and say hot because I stay away from things that are just hot at the moment. I look for things that are essential services. People are going to use it every day. It doesn't matter what the economy is doing. If it's broke, it's got to be fixed. 
it's got to be fixed now. And you want a good solid franchise system that has been around for a number of years that will help you find your clients, your customers, and will help you find your employees as well. So you really recommend franchises that address people's needs, uh, must-haves, rather than nice-to-haves or luxuries. Is that correct? That is correct. Must-haves. Uh, restoration services is another one. Restoration services is good because now the client's not even paying for it. The insurance company's paying for it. It's broke. You got water damage. You got fire damage. You got smoke damage. You got hoarding issues. Insurance is going to cover it. Client's not. And it's got to be fixed. Again, it's got to be fixed now. I like those because those are, no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what kind of issues we have, people are going to need them. Always are going to need them. Uh, tutoring and senior care are two others that you can get into on that one. The other ones, you know, if you like different, oh, medical. Medical is a good one too. A little bit more sometimes of, a, of an expense. But those are the ones where they're always going to be need. This way I know that as long as you follow that franchise system, the need is going to be there. So it's just you, us together, finding a franchise that has got a great record of success. All right, got it. Now, thanks for unpacking that. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Because especially the the three types that you recommended, the three industries of franchises you recommended align with you personally, right? And you don't want to sell things that are unnecessary, right? You find it easier to speak to people and align with them and co-buy with them on things they actually need and they have a pressing need for. So it's just not a, it's, it's, it's great pain, but there's also great urgency as well. That's your winning sweet spot. Is that correct? That is correct. Joseph. always something that you need. Now, sometimes people will come to me and say, you know, I'm really into fitness and I want fitness. I'm really into restaurants. I want a restaurant. That's fine. We'll go out and find you those ones that have got that great track record of success and got systems and process in place in case there's any issues with the economy or what have you. I will look for those. I will help you find the best ones if that's specifically what you're looking for. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, that, that sums up a lot. I was just at a um, a conference recently where it's a bunch of gyms, fitness centers, and health coaches, and uh, you know, just watching all these people just pack out the room and grow their gym memberships and their client base and everything. And I'm just like, wow, this is so cool. Talk about uh, a good room for you to walk into, you know, and say, hey, here's, uh, do you have any interest in franchising this model that you've had so much success with, you know, or, or maybe you've been struggling for years with your own model. Do you, have you considered investing in a already successful gym model like this one over here? That's a franchise. Is that something you ever do? Like, do you just drop into those types of conference in adjacent industries and just kind of pick people from there and introduce what you do to them? Or I do. I've turned a few different franchises uh, or a few different businesses into franchises that had great concepts on that. Uh, and I advertise that all the time whenever I can. If you've got something that you think is great, let's sit down and let's take a look at it and see a lot of great fitness opportunities out there where they've got the boutique fitness type thing mm-hmm. where they've got something all set up. You know, they're bringing in 100,000 or more a year on that, uh, especially if they've reproduced it a couple of times. If they've got a uh, business where they've, you know, got a, two or three different locations, you know, their nets, you know, bringing in 100,000 or more, 
something like that. Those are beautiful, great concepts. They've proven out, they've proven that they can reproduce it in another location. They've proven that they can bring in a good six-figure income. Those are outstanding opportunities if you're looking for exponential growth through franchising. Okay, so you don't just help clients find franchises to invest in. You also help clients who want to franchise their successful duplicatable model. Correct. That's cool. And and your requirement is just that they've already duplicated themselves and they're netting at least 100000 That would be ideal. It's not absolutely necessary on mm -hmm. that one, but I know when I'm presenting the franchises that I have to my clients, I know what they're looking for, what they ask me for. But if you've got something that's got one location, you're still doing good, uh, and it's something different, unique, that's doable. You really want to be bringing in about 100000 or more because you're going to be charging uh, royalties on that, so between 5 and 10%. Uh, so you want something that's worthwhile to people, and it's also going to depend on what the investment level is to get into your business itself so that that payback period isn't too far, too far off. It makes them more appealing to people, uh, and the more locations you have other than just, you know, you've done it once, great. Whether or not it's reproducible, that's going to be hard to convince a client that's coming in and looking at that business if you've only done it in one location to actually replicate it again if you have not, if you have not done that yet. Not impossible, more challenging. Yeah, for sure. So if you were speaking to someone in my audience right now, a listener who has one two, three locations they've duplicated, they're doing, they're netting a hundred thousand plus, but they haven't considered franchising this. Um, what's the sell to them as far as why they should consider franchising versus just keep expanding on their own? Uh, good question, Joseph. Uh, it's just perfect. If you want to expand on your own, you are going to use all your money to expand it. You are going to get all the profits. So negative, you use your money. Positive, you get all the profits. Slow growth, because you can only grow it when you have the money to grow it. When you get into franchising, now that's more so that's more linear growth if you do it yourself. If you want more exponential growth, you have somebody else invest their money into it. You get about 5 to 10% of the profit. So it's a great annuity, a great way to grow quicker, because now you're not using your own money to grow. So if you really got a concept, you've got an idea that you want to right throughout the United States as quickly as possible. You have other people invest their money. Uh, just keep in mind that as a business owner, now you can be doing something different than you did before. So whereas you were operating that business before, now you're operating and you're working with franchisees. So you take a different role in that business, working with franchisees and helping them develop their businesses. So we're more of a business development person as you're growing it. But the real key to it is that you get exponential growth. You're not investing your money, a little bit less on the money coming in, but you've got a great annuity once everybody starts operating it the way you told them uh, they need to run it. That's so cool. cool. Yeah, just so uh, you know, I'm speaking on your behalf, Startup Nation, because maybe there's one of you listening right now that you've considered this or you haven't considered this. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. I'm, I kind of meet those requirements. I know right here in Tampa, Florida, we have a local coffee shop uh, owner. I had him on the show a long time ago. He was one of my first guests about five years ago, um, Raphael Perrier. And uh, he has since 
duplicated his little cafe and coffee brand. Uh, I think he's up to 14 locations across Tampa Bay. Uh, he also is in Tampa International Airport. He's he has uh, where he has opened up across the street. He has closed down Starbucks, and which wow. which really says something. Um, yeah. And now they just started franchising. I was speaking with him and his wife uh, the other day. They're business partners and. Uh, they just opened up for franchises and I think they said they sold like over 10, like in the first 30 days and like, nice. like really quickly cause the concept is so hot. So I just look at a brand like that now, granted they've busted their tails for about 10 years now, five to 10 years building it on their own and they've done very well. But I think now they're saying, Hey, if we really want to exponential growth we want to take over america and put all the starbucks out of business because it's really terrible burnt coffee and we don't agree with a lot of the things they support well you know maybe franchising is the answer so anyway go. i just want to share that story because it's like right here in my backyard and i think it's such a such an awesome win for a, a local entrepreneur that is cool definitely all right awesome um we're about wrapping up here, and uh, I wanted to ask you, what has been your number one marketing strategy uh, for attracting clients to your company? Getting my book out in front of people is what I, what I like doing. Um, why fran Real freedom, why franchises are worth considering and how they can be used for building wealth. I like to get that out as in front of as many people as possible. That way, when they read my book, they'll get an idea about me, they'll get an idea about franchising, and they'll do one of two things. One, they'll say, this guy's a complete idiot, throw the book away, never call him. Two, what I'm hoping for is that they it'll resonate with them. They'll start getting an idea of what can, what they can do, what can be done out there. We've gone to many different things in that book. Uh, biggest thing people are asking is, of course, how do I fund my franchise? We go into that as well. Many different ways to fund the franchise, not just your traditional loan, but 401k rollovers. And I also have stories of the different people that I've worked with as well, helping them find franchises as well. So I have some real life stories in there so they can get kind of a picture of how we'll go through the process of investigating the franchise together, uh, getting a franchise attorneys, getting funding. But putting my book in front of people is a real one that I like to do that way. If they do like it and it does resonate with them, then they will call me and we've already got a report going. Has that been fruitful for you? Has it paid off? Yes, amazingly so. When people get a hold of my book, um, of course, the one who thinks I'm a complete idiot never call me, so I wouldn't know anything about those. But the ones that do like it, uh, of course, there's been quite a few of them uh, out there. Uh, they get it and they already got a good feel for me. It already resonates with them. Uh, they checked out my website at that point in time, Facebook and all that good stuff. Uh, so they're feeling good about what I can do for them. So now it's just a matter of getting to know each other a little bit further and then going into finding out whether or not franchising is really right for them. And if it is, which franchise is right for them. Got it. No, that's awesome to hear for a lot of authors out there that are trying to get their books into uh, potential clients' hands, right? Especially if they have a coaching business. Um, and they're trying to attract these customers. What's been the best places uh, where you got books into people's hands? What's been the best distribution method to get these leads that are really good for you? A lot of it through Amazon. It became a, a Wall Street Journal bestseller uh, pretty much right away with that. Uh, I had the help of uh, best-selling publishing on that one. 
and they got it out uh, into a lot of folks' hands. But I found that uh, Amazon and saying the right things uh, is good. But also these podcasts, podcasts like yours, are just absolutely wonderful ways for people out there to, because they like listening to things. Uh, and then they realize that, you know, after they listen to your podcasts, they'll go out and they'll grab the book and they'll say, wow, this is something on that. And they can make a call. Uh, also trade shows. Trade shows are a good way to go out there. Just Because then when you get uh, when you get to trade shows, if you're an author and you get to trade shows, you're getting in front of people. And when you get in front of people on a face-to-face basis, a more personal basis, and you've got your book, they get to see you and they get to see your book. So that is a really wonderful way uh, to do it. And there's all sorts, for me, there's all sorts of different trade shows that I can get into. Anything where, you know, like a boat show, a home garden show, uh, all those things uh, where people are just coming by all the time. And a lot of times people just don't realize it. Um, like one of the last podcasts I was on, for instance, people get the idea that it's only restaurants that are out there, that sort of thing, or brick and mortar places that are franchises. They don't necessarily realize how many different franchises and how many different industries are out there, and they just don't know how to get started or how to pick out that one on there. So when you get in front of those people on those shows, it opens them up and they start thinking, wow, I can use a franchise consultant, and I'm free, by the way. Uh, there's no charge my clients for my services, the franchisors pay us a referral fee on that one. If you decide to invest in a franchise, I introduce you to, but they don't realize that I'm out there or that other franchise consultants are out there. So if you're looking into franchising, find a great franchise consultant that'll help you, hopefully me, but there are many of them are out there. I don't want to be just thinking that I'm the only one. You think that I'm the only one out there. There's many out there. Get one with a lot of good experience on there and start looking into it. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the many different things that are available to you out there. All right. Now that's a pretty cool model, right? There's very low risk. You're free to work with, to ask advice from, to clarify is franchising right for me, et cetera. Like that's a no brainer for a lot of people right there. All right. Thanks for explaining that to us and, and kind of walking us into the journey of franchising, which is new to many of us. Um, and just giving us food for thought, something to consider, right? Uh, especially as we're growing our businesses, maybe that's the end state that we now want to go towards and say, you know what, I'm going to build this to three locations and net a hundred thousand dollars. And then I want to franchise my concept across the country. Like maybe that's, that's the run rate. Okay. Hopefully that is for someone listening right here, and this show has been super valuable to you. If it has, go ahead and write a review for uh, Greg, who has showed up for us today. Greg, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show without the prizes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go for it. What is your favorite thing about franchising a business? working with many wonderful individuals. I meet somebody new every day and it's always great. Hmm. What is your least favorite thing? Uh, making too many phone calls to people who are not necessarily interested in it. Yeah. Unqualified leads steal our time. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, either personally or professionally? Keeping my beehives alive. I got four beehives last year and lost three of them. And I did the you know YouTube, checked out all the books, did everything I could. And still three of them 
three of them died off. It's like, what? I thought I was doing everything right. So I got uh, replaced those three this year, and hopefully we'll get the four beehives and also planted a bunch of flowers all over the place, about 10 acres worth. Now, is your goal to franchise this beehive business eventually? <laughs> I'm not too sure about that, but I wouldn't mind being able to sell some honey at some point. Time or at least go. generate my own since I do like honey on my muffins in the morning. Awesome. What are you most afraid of? Uh, not having enough money for retirement. Okay. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Uh, determining a schedule, the right schedule, and how to organize my time on a regular basis. When you move into a business where you're working from home, the biggest thing you have to think about, the biggest challenge I had was separating the business from home life. And that's the biggest challenge I had was I found that it was like 10 o'clock and I hadn't gotten anything done yet. And I wondered why I hadn't got anything done yet. It's because there's so many things to do around the house. So you've got to set a schedule right away if you're going to go into something where you're working from home. Amen to that. I got we just had our third baby here a month ago, and I'll tell you, some days I can't get out of the house until 10 a.m., and I'm just like, oh, yep, my gosh, I'm so behind. Let's go. All right. Uh, what secret fear do you have about people? Uh, those will think I'm an idiot. I try to, uh, that I come across as, uh, as a fake, basically. I try to gather as much information as I can I don't want people to think I'm trying to convince them to do something they don't want to do. That makes sense. I think a lot of people share that fear for sure. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? That you could run a business yourself, that you didn't have to work in the corporate world. I didn't start and I didn't get laid off until I was 50. Um, I wish I had done that. Not necessarily laid off, but I wish I had realized that there is that you could do the entrepreneur thing and that everybody has it in them to do it. And I wish I would have started earlier. Mm. I would have had more time to myself. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Uh, getting out of the house a little bit, walking and going to more trade shows to get in front of people to uh, uh, show my book. Uh, as Melissa pointed out, being an introvert is kind of a challenge. And we live out here in the middle of nowhere in the country, which is why I can have four beehives without bothering the neighbors. Uh, so I don't get out and really in front of people a whole lot. So I need to get out and get face-to-face one-on-one. Most of the work I do is all over the phone or like we're doing right now with the internet. Mm, got it. It's so easy to get comfortable, right? In your comfort, right? So if your comfort is isolation and just hanging out with yourself because you're comfortable with yourself, like it's really easy to get stuck in that prison, but it doesn't actually serve you well, right? Unless really? like you're a... You're going to be an international author and hey, you could just hang at home and write books. Great. But like if you got to meet with people and talk with people. All right. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Friendly, outgoing, and helpful. Friendly, outgoing, and helpful. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Total introvert. Unsure of myself. And fear. Yeah, so really scared, huh? Really, yeah. yeah, the first year after, so 50 years old, that's how many years in corporate world? 30, 30 something odd years in corporate world? Fear is the biggest thing. 
You did 30 years, you do the same exact thing, not necessarily the same exact job, you're doing the same exact thing, getting up, going to work, coming home. You got yep. two hours, three hours at night, working the whole time. Biggest fear was getting out of that same system over and over again mm. that you're comfortable with. Well, Startup Nation, like Greg is a great example and hopefully a motivation or inspiration for you. Like if he can do it after 30 years in the corporate world as an introvert and he broke out on his own and he's succeeding, like you can do this too. So why not? Why not? And if you've been at it for 12 months, a year, and you're like, I just don't think it's working. Well, then surround yourself with people who have succeeded before you in the very thing you're doing. Surround yourself. Maybe the very thing you're missing is you refuse to ask for help because you're trying to make it look like you have it figured out because you don't want people to know you don't know what you're doing. You got to be willing to admit, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. But here's my dream. Here's my vision. I'm not a loser. I'm going for this. Who wants to help me? Like people want to help you when you just get open, real and honest and you actually have a dream. So do it. Stop being a wuss. All right. Uh, and last question. If you could come back to life, Greg, after you died, look your family, your friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about real success, true success, what would you say to them? Figure out something that you can do or you can do what you want, when you want, whenever you want. If you can't do that, you need to get into something else where you can. All right, there you go. Little wisdom from Greg here, Startup Nation. All right, if you enjoyed the show, would you please go write a, a review for Greg? He really showed up here today. He's an introvert. This took a lot. He's living out in the sticks with his honeybees, and he jumped on the Internet for you, just for you, to move you forward in your life. Right? That was really cool. All right. So go write a, a review for him. You could do that at Stitcher Radio. You could do it at Apple Podcasts. You could do that at first100k.com, whichever floats your boat. And if we like what you write, we'll uh, give you a shout out live on the show, uh, like I'm about to do for, um, let's see, Jason Stoll, Jason R. Stoll, uh, who wrote. Uh, this is just the beginning. Joseph has a knack for asking all the right questions and for engaging the guests in a way that really brings out the golden nuggets of wisdom. Thank you uh, for bringing these important topics to those uh, out there wanting to make things happen. Okay, thank you, Jason Stoll, for your five-star review. We really appreciate that. Go ahead and write yours now for Greg. Greg, where does Startup Nation find out more about you if they want to get in touch with you? What do you got for them? Greg at FranchiseMaven.com is my email. That's M-A-V as in Victor, E-N for Maven.com. Or just pick up the phone and give me a call, 361-772-6401. That's a bold move to put your phone out there, brother. All right, you can just go out to FranchiseMaven.com, FranchiseMaven.com to learn more about Greg. Greg, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. You as well, Joseph. Thank you. Cheers. 
Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.